what's up columbus welcome back to columbus cast i'm laura i'm julia we have a special guest here jasmine so we're very excited um over one year and counting columbus cast to have our first guest so stay tuned for an exciting episode so let's get into it laura what did you do this past weekend yeah, this past weekend, it wasn't anything like too exciting, but I would say the most notable thing on my list is I finally went to Carfana's. Carfana's, it's like, right, I can walk to it. <laughs> I can walk to it from my house. We've been talking about it for a long time, especially because it's moving to yeah, Dublin. Um, yeah, well, yeah. I thought it was moving to Bridge Park. Well, yeah. Do you call same. it in your mind as yeah. the same? <laughs> yeah, so um, it was different than I expected, but they had a ton of wine fun selections. Um, I got some meat since it's like the fresh meat counter. So I got my, uh, fresh Columbus produce. It was good. good yeah. What about you, Julia? I didn't do a lot. I actually, I didn't do anything at all. I watched the queen's gambit. I watched all like this, all the episodes on Saturday, but I also ordered barrio because they're doing the, the barrio box, which is just the condado bud box, but the barrio version very very good he doesn't like condado i don't like condado's tacos but they do have better margaritas so i need to get like a margarita from condado and the tacos from barrio gotcha and so, is that part of restaurant week or did you just do that yeah that was just saturday like at 2 p.m being like well we haven't grocery shopped and <laughs> it's restaurant week so do we really want to grocery shop now so yeah totally yeah so that's that's what i did and then i've been hitting restaurant week. I went to, um, Kyoto, like the Japanese steakhouse hibachi place. It was really good. I've been eating leftovers for three days. So it is uh, definitely a deal if you're looking to load up on food. That sounds good. I haven't done any restaurant week stuff yet because I like bought a ton of groceries last week. I didn't plan it out right, but I think this weekend, like Saturday, we'll hit it up. Yes. What about you, Jasmine? What are you, what'd you do this past weekend slash any restaurant week plans? Um, well, I sewed curtains for my front porch with my mom. Uh, so that awesome. was pretty cool. We have more to go, but you know, all the measuring and folding and nagging. and We love a good family activity. <laughs> We're all about it. Uh, so great. All the, all the fun things. So with, yes. uh, Wine and beverages. Yes, that's the best. <laughs> Julia and I are big fans of uh, Columbus beer. Yep. So Columbus beverages in general, because my eyes have been open to mead now. And now yeah, I'm like, I just offered Jasmine a new bottle of mead that I had from Brother Drake. I was like, you want some of this? <laughs> I'm a big fan. So it's very good. All right. So should we get into it, Julia? Let's Let's get into it. Yeah, so we're excited to have Jasmine here today to talk about some stuff that Julie and I have been alluding to for a while here on the podcast, um, mostly about how we love Columbus, but we know it's not without its flaws. So, sorry about that. Um, and we can acknowledge that we, as like non-natives to Columbus, that we don't know the ins and outs, we don't know the full story. So we wanted to get someone who was familiar with the city and um, just really well known in the city, I guess, to come and speak on it with us and just um, give us a different perspective than one that we maybe would have, which is why we invited Jasmine. Hello, everybody. My name is Jasmine Ayers. Thank you for the wonderful introduction. I'm super happy to be here. 
Um, I am a native of Columbus. I grew up in the Northland area, mm-hmm. uh, so on the north side. I uh, went to Northland High School, uh, do a lot of community organizing work in Linden with my church, New Salem. Don't forget, um, one of the most notable things Jacqueline's <laughs> done in recent history, run for city council. Um, so I had the privilege to run for city council in 2017 um, with uh, Yes We Can. And uh, we got a little over 31,000 votes. That's awesome. Um, so it was an amazing experience and um, registered a lot of people, talked to a lot of voters, um, you know, giving folks hope and just trying to do what's right. Yeah, including myself because Jasmine and I actually met four, almost four years ago uh, at a protest <laughs> downtown in front of a church. Yep. I forget what church that is. I, it's like the big one downtown on third third yeah yes, the episcopal church yeah uh-huh and um i don't remember what we were marching for do you remember have you thought about it at all um four <laughs> years ago was 2017 2017 is when i moved to columbus is it from campus no we didn't i mean maybe but i joined okay. in front of the church Anyway, we don't remember, but probably a great cause, hopefully. (laughs) Um, And yeah, so I've been following Jasmine ever since, so we're excited that you're here. Thank you. I really appreciate it. So let's just like, you started with like a little bit of um, your background in growing up in Columbus. Do you want to like talk a little bit more about that? And if you've left Columbus and come back and kind of like what's kept you here? Yeah, if you get me started, I might not stop. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. We got got all the time we need. So I grew up in the part of town, the north side, especially the Northland area, is where a lot of the immigrant and refugee population resettle. And we have absolutely embraced them up here. Mm -hmm. And we have a just thriving, super diverse super amazing uh, you have all the options of whatever different kinds of food you'd yep. like to eat um people live side by side uh, i grew up i lived off of a lot of the apartments off of 161 but then when i was 15 my mom bought a house in forest park uh and so we left our key under our doormat for 11 years and no one ever took it no one ever robbed us there was no you could walk at night mm-hmm. to the park and The streets were clean and people mowed their grass. There's hidden gems in Columbus that are some really amazing neighborhoods that are just completely off people's radar. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was fortunate to grow up in one of those. I mean, there's not not trouble, but you know, (laughs) there's trouble everywhere, but uh, it was a great place to be. yeah, and so you um, are in a unique position because you did leave Columbus for twice for school, right? You went to school undergrad in North Carolina? Yes. And then, yeah, and then you went to, you were in Texas for your grad. Yep. And you came back both times. Do you want to talk a little bit about, like, what the draw was, if there was sure. anything in particular? Because well, the whole point of Columbus Cast is, like, we love Columbus, um, and we both moved here for Oh, well, Julia went to OSU, but I moved here for work. And like, someone asked me today, there was a new person on my team. And they said, like, do you do, did you like moving to Columbus? And I said, 10 out of 10, if I had to do it again, I would do it again in a heartbeat. Like, it's been amazing. I feel like this is a city that like welcomes people with open arms. You talked about all the diversity. Like, there's a lot of, even um, 
that's okay. Even like transplants, I would say, like people who are not necessarily like globally diverse, but are from all different parts of the country that come here too. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, what was the question again? Why, why'd you come back? Why did I come back to Columbus? Is there like a, maybe there's so a So after reason. undergrad, yeah. well, I just sort of had always made the decision that I wanted to help my people. Yeah. And I didn't want to go to another city. It, no, I'm not, no offense to anybody who's moved No. <laughs> I just wanted to come home and use my skills in yeah. the city. Um, so I said, had sort of made that determination, but was open to other things. Yeah, but okay, I got yeah, totally. a job with the Obama campaign working in Columbus on the east side and um, did that. Had an absolute fantastic, it's the worst first job to have because yeah. it's so great. <laughs> that you're, that everything else, like we elected the president of the United States. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's just, it's crazy. Right. But um, I substitute taught for about six months. Okay. And then I realized that the giant systemic things that I wanted to change were going to require me to have some more letters behind my name. And so I went down to Texas. It's the Lyndon B. Johnson School of Public Affairs at the University of Texas and um, got a public policy degree mm -hmm. and learned a lot and uh, came home to put my skills to work. But I was young and had no experience. So I got a job community organizing. Yeah. So I ran a voter registration program in 2016 um, with the Ohio Organizing Collaborative and the People's Justice Project. Awesome. So we registered like 17,000 voters, about seven months, eight months. It was really awesome. Yeah, that's super cool and definitely very like inspirational and the kind of stories that Julie and I like read about and talk about on our podcast, to be honest. Um, and part of the reason why we love it, like it's just such a good community um, because people care. Like people who are here want to be here, it feels like for the most part. Um, and there's a lot of good here. I also feel like it's neat too because you see a lot of younger people starting to get involved and take right. ownership in the community and I mean not as much as like we should but it's definitely especially when the town is kind of run by like OSU I feel like it causes a lot of young people to kind of take interest in yeah. more stuff. I, um, I have hope like I'm not I am unbelievably frustrated and angry sometimes, right, right. <laughs> but I still have hope because I have amazing friends and meet amazing people doing dope podcasts. <laughs> and, you know, like we don't have the same hangups as well as some of the other generations, right? Like we will cross, I don't care if you work in corporate or in government or in nonprofit yeah. or you're an artist or a mechanic or whatever. Yeah. We have common interests. Let's get together and do some things. And I think we're more willing to cross those lines. Than yeah. Maybe we should get in and talk about some of the frustrations that we've seen on a more local, yeah. more local scale. Let's, let's vent. Yeah, I think, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of like emotion that comes up here for me, but um, there are a lot of things that feel like they're broken. Do you want to, do you want to, do you want us to talk about that a little bit? Or do you want to like, just go for it. What do you feel? Um, yeah, I can explain how I think about this city and some of the things that I think that are issues. Um, all of our council members care. They are all good people. 
and I am not saying that sarcastically. I mean that. I'm friends with some of them, right? But what we have to acknowledge is if your metrics are not measuring up to what a successful, safe, healthy, housed family looks like, it doesn't matter how nice you are, yeah. right? Like you are in a position to, to save people's lives. And um, I just feel like we're not getting that done because they are such nice people and they do have good intentions. Yeah. And it's, you know. You're right. So that's a frustration. That's one of the sort of things that sort of clogs up the work that we want to do. But we have had for a long time a really racist police department. So the Department of Justice had to come into Columbus in 1999 and 2000 with a federal consent decree to make sure that we got our stuff in line. Um, so this is not new for us. Mm -hmm. uh, we have definitely one of the highest rates of police officers that kill black people in the country. Um, our neighborhoods have been disinvested in mm -hmm. tax abatements to like, I am not against tax abatements for small business owners, for minority business owners, or for people building things in certain neighborhoods. Right. That to me is a worthy cause. Yeah. Uh, but the way that we do them here, it's a, just a bit too um, loose. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like too, bringing it back to like a national level, we've seen a lot of that with like the relief bills and everything that will go to, Shake Shack instead of the small restaurant on High Street. So I think kind of bringing that awareness of we got to watch where that goes and what our, tax, what our tax is actually paying for. And Yeah, I don't have all like the statistics. I saw a headline. I didn't read the full article, full disclosure the other day, but it was about the PPP federal relief funds that were going to communities specifically in Columbus. Like they were the slowest to go to black and brown owned small businesses. And it's just like, like Jasmine said, we acknowledge, like, we've seen that this is a systemic issue. It's not a one-time thing. You know, you mentioned, like, as far back as 1999, and I'm sure long before that as well, like, this isn't new. So it's kind of like we're at the point now where we're almost asking ourselves, like, what can we do about it? I mean, we, we talk about it, and we, you know, attend protests, and we... um vote you know like we talked a lot about the ballot on our on our um a few episodes and one thing that kind of you're talking about like um more on a local level our city council and i think last year julia and i watched uh, mayor ginther's state of the city address mm -hmm. and it seemed so promising and it seemed so hopeful and he had and J jasmine's looking at me like i'm so naive right now she's like come on laura don't fall for this crap and i was like getting so excited i was like oh we're gonna invest in franklinton and we're gonna build um you know lmi housing and we're gonna do all this great stuff and there's gonna be a new food market but then you see um public officials reactions to things like the police shootings that have taken place in Columbus really tragically this past year of um, Andre Hill and, you know, Casey Goodson Jr. And it's just so disappointing and heartbreaking. It's like you said all those things and you're not doing shit. So it's, it's frustrating. Like we feel that frustration totally. Yeah. So I think um, 
there's a lot of things that you can do. What I would say is like find your lane mm-hmm. and do what you are passionate about. Yeah. Um, people need people to do data entry things and people need people who can cook pizzas and <laughs> we need people who can make flyers. So I think find what you're good at and find an organization that's doing good work. Mm-hmm. Um, and it could be anything and just help out. Um, I think holding, have a drinking game night where you learn a <laughs> trivia about the Columbus budget. Okay. Like do, do fun. That's my kind of activity. <laughs> like, <laughs> we have to learn this stuff. And yeah. I don't think anybody wants to sit in a classroom and learn it. Right. So we have to find creative ways to teach our friends yeah. about how the budget works and when they actually start negotiating on that process. Mm-hmm. What does the police contract process look like? Mm-hmm. Did you know that most of it is governed by state law and that there's just nothing that the city of Columbus can do on some things because we've got to change legislation at the state level. Mm -hmm. So there's just all kinds of cool, fun things that we need to learn. Because when you learn those, you know who to contact about which things. Right. Which council member sits on the safety committee? Mm -hmm. Oh, then we need to call his phone every 30 minutes for three days. Uh, phone banks blow their phones up email them call them message them like you just got to reach out and be vocal and Mm -hmm. consistency is that's how you get stuff done in a city that's how bureaucracy works right like the squeaky wheel gets the oil Mm -hmm. and I feel like as millennials and gen z's we have we're very good at doing that yeah (laughs) so (laughs) if we could just collectively be a little bit more annoying and a little bit louder and a little bit more demanding. Um, you know, they pay attention. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think that's like too. And it's like keeping the conversation going. I know like a lot of people are getting the mindset of I'm sick of talking about this or hearing about this because nothing changes. So it can feel like very disheartening to, you know, have to have these conversations over and over again or watch the news and see that this continues to happen and kind of feel like you aren't making any progress. But I think making it more of a daily conversation or something that you are like bringing up with friends at dinner or in a casual com- in a casual state of like, hey, like, did you see X, Y, and Z? And you're making these open, co- these strides to having over- open conversations. Like, I think that's like a big improvement that um, I know myself this summer, like I think sometimes people don't give themselves enough credit for like doing that of just how much like, cause the squeaky wheel like gets the grease. And if you continue to talk to you, like your friends about it or your parents or whoever will listen, like they'll eventually kind of hopefully manifest that and they'll do that to somebody else. Yeah. I mean, there are like different theories of change. Some involve money, some involve organizing, some involve like just tearing it down. And my opinion is generally all of them, mm-hmm. you know, and big structural change is my thing. Like that's what I'm going for, yeah. but not everybody has to do that. Right. Because like what I tell people is if you live in a neighborhood and there are kids walking home from school, offer them sandwiches and a chip, chips, yeah. like just build some friendship with them. Yeah. And maybe they were hungry and angry and going to beat up the kid down the street, to take their money. And yeah. you stopped that because you gave them a sandwich and such like the small things do matter. 
Um, and so I just think it's it's stuff like that. Like if that's your lane, yeah, do that. We have um, one of our leaders in our the corporate firm that we work for likes to use the term like get proximate. And she says, you know, like the best way to make connections and to build community and to um, like the solution to all our problems is to get proximate. I don't know if like I would go that far, but I definitely think to your point, like continuing to foster community, like I'll say, so I'm in a unique position. You were talking about Forest Park before I just moved to Forest Park and I know my neighbors and my neighbors are like great, amazing people. And now I know I feel like I have this community. If I was unsafe or if something was happening, like I wouldn't call, you know, an authority, I would call my neighbors because they're like, they're not five minutes away or 10 minutes away. They're like 10 seconds away. Right. So they're like close and I trust them. So yeah, to your point, small actions definitely do matter. And I think you also said that like, not everyone has to be the, the whole, like the big um, organizer. And I think that um, by doing our research and just like even giving a shit, like it makes a difference. And I think that Columbus, frankly, like, like I said in the beginning, people care about this city. So I think if we can just get enough ears to listen and get enough people on board, you know, change the mindset, it'll be like a little wave. Yeah. We're, um, (laughs) we're a young organizing city. So we got that going for us. The biggest, so like in Cleveland, you've had a hundred years of union organizing in Cincinnati, there's been a lot of faith-based organizing. Columbus has generally always revolved around state politics. And yeah. like the biggest protests that I know about are like Ohio State students uh, in the 60s and 70s. Um, and then after that, it was like we nobody was really protesting. Yeah. Like uh, maybe some... Um, Occupy Wall Street stuff was probably the beginning mm. of organizing in a serious way, doing protests and marches in Columbus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's really young. Like we haven't had right. yeah, years totally. and years and years of practice of this. It's new. The players are changing. It's just uh, we have to give ourselves some grace because we have organized some, like we have some of the best organizers in the country here. Mm-hmm. And we've done dope shit. Yeah. And um, so, like, I don't think we give ourselves enough credit based on our timeline, the things that we've that's been able fair. to accomplish. But, you know, there's always can do better. Yeah, no, that's, like, a really unique um, viewpoint that's something I wouldn't, you know, like, inherently know about. It's all about being blissfully dissatisfied, which is, like, my favorite phrase. <laughs> you're happy where you are, but you're always striving to do better. I don't know. Do we feel good? Should we, should we leave it at that? I mean, Oh, I did. What else do you want to add? Um, I recently, um, joined the North Linden area commission. Mm -hmm. Um, so I am super excited about that. Do you guys know what area commissions are? No. Okay. So, uh, an area commission is like your most local level of government. Like you literally, you represent a neighborhood. You have a lot to do with zoning. Right. So if someone owns a business and they want to expand onto more of their lot, they have to come to you for zoning permits or sign off on the things. Um, But you, you have different subcommittees. There's education, there's housing, there's uh, I think beautification, safety. I said safety already. 
Um, oh, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I have two really quick questions about this because I'm super interested now. Um, one, can anyone just join or do you have to be elected? And two, um, do you have to be a resident of that community or like, let's say you're a renter? Cause like a lot of our listeners are our age and rent they don't own. So what are the rules on like joining? In that um, so you can rent and join. Mm-hmm. Um, Julia, we're looking at you. The commissions write their own bylaws. So they're different across the city, okay. but generally speaking, there, most commissions have one or two seats for people who have, who don't live there, but have a vested interest in the community. So if you are a school teacher there, or you work at a church there, or you work at a nonprofit in the area, mm-hmm. you are allowed to run for that particular seat. Mm-hmm. Um, in my case, uh, there was an opening, and so I still had to collect the signatures and submit all my paperwork. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was appointed to that seat. That's cool. That's awesome. That's like a great way to get involved and like get, start getting involved. It's something you can really... Um, it's not... It's, it is. And you as a neighborhood area commissioner, you're like the city council of your neighborhood. Mm -hmm. So I can have a meeting with people that are work for zoning. I can have a meeting with police. I can have a meeting with the trash people who, uh, sanitation sanitation workers. workers. And I can have a conversation with like, because I represent my neighborhood. If my neighborhood is having a problem, I'm allowed to advocate to the city, to them. So I am very excited about this. That's and I'm going so awesome. to be advocating my butt off. That's so awesome. <laughs> um, you'll have to keep us posted and let us know how it goes. And we'll, Julia, I can't speak for Julia. I will definitely be looking into that. I mean, after we talked to you the other day, I was already looking into um, Forest Park has like a civic association. Yeah, exactly. A civic association. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to join it. I'm going to be part of it because I live here now and I want it to be, you know, like a nice place for everyone to live. But, um, so I got lots of options. Now. It's intense. I got, I will. Like, yeah. It's in local politics, <laughs> neighborhood politics. Very intense. Hmm. So maybe it's, it's maybe great I'll, though. You'll learn a lot. Maybe I'll like watch and learn the first round and then I'll, and then I'll yeah, get in but there. It's, it's, we need it and yeah someone's, so someone's gotta do it i mean it's and also like someone needs to absorb the knowledge that needs to be passed down yeah right totally um wow yeah but the northland business association northland mm-hmm. area something northland area business association they're really powerful wow is and, that like the um chamber of commerce kind of uh for the northland i mean it's like a it's like, I guess you could say that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, for the northern area. <laughs> I don't know. But there, there was a, this area struggled for years. Yeah. And there was nothing over here. Um, and thanks to a lot of our immigrant and refugee brothers and sisters. Yeah. I went, I went to, let me and, just, I want to just share this experience. I went to a uh, Mexican cafe the other day or like a couple weeks ago. And I was the only person in there that was white. I was the only person in there that was speaking English. And I like tried to speak Spanish and I was like, Laura, no, just forget it. But it was like, I literally walked out and I was like, that's the most culturally, like I had like culture shock for like five minutes. And it was like, I was so thrilled when I walked out. I was so excited that I could be part of like 
I could even like be part of someone else's, you know, like community and their, um, just like their culture. And it was like such a privilege to be able to just like be part of that. And that's like right in my neighborhood. It was so, it was, it was it's dope. the best place to live. Yeah. Julia, you got to move over here. Hidden gems. Yeah. I love, I, there's so many like hidden gems in Columbus. It is totally. very, very, very cool. Like there's parts of Linden that are really nice. And there are parts of Linden that have the old brick streets that look like they do in German, German village. village. Yeah. Um, there's so, a lot of Tudor houses in Linden yeah. too that are really nice. Yep. So yeah. Live in Columbus. Yay. I'm in Columbus. Call the cops. It's not perfect, but we're, we're, well, we're working on it. And if you're listening, you can too. All right. Are we ready for lightning round? We're going to do a quick lightning round of um, just Columbus favorites for Jasmine. Oh boy. Okay. Laura and I have a little bit of time to think about it. Just yeah. So what is, um, since we've talked a lot about neighborhoods and everything, what is your favorite like neighborhood or area of Columbus? Um, the Northland area. Specifically, Forest Park. <laughs> Winning. Go Vikings. Go Vikings. The high school yeah. mascot. Okay. Uh, see, I'm learning. Yeah. And then, um, what is your favorite restaurant in Columbus? Um. So the thing I'm eating most right now that I love is Club 185. They have um, these green beans. <laughs> That are just the bacon. Enough? I can't get enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So was, the rest of their menu is just really good too. Yeah, I've had Club White Any Five before. It was it was phenomenal. It was really good. Um, let's see what else did I have? Oh, your favorite spot to get a beverage. You can be non-alcoholic, coffee, tea, whatever you're into. Um, I can't tell you all about my neighborhood spot. So where else do I go? <laughs> um, Bodega is my like short north mm. spot you're a fan of the uh elephant disco ball yeah of course. you know about the elephant disco ball <laughs> that's of a course. pretty good one they have uh, they have good like uh at least they used to have good like weekday specials yeah like what was it two dollar grilled cheese on friday or something oh good i miss i miss those days I miss those days so bad um let's see what else what's been your favorite spot you've gotten takeout Ooh. um there's a great Vietnamese place that I got to show you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's off of Morse. Um, OMG. That was my favorite. It's on um, Morse and Maze. There's a shopping center oh, over yeah, there yeah. where the Moo Moo car washes. Some people call it Maisy Morris. <laughs> <laughs> that's like what the homeowners call it. <laughs> really? Yes. That's hilarious. Yes. And fantastic. But yeah, it's a Vietnamese place over there. Really good. good. Yeah. And then I guess the last question is what is one takeaway you kind of want listeners or Columbus community members to like keep in mind just for this upcoming year life in general? (laughs) Um, Believe black people all the time. All the time. Mm-hmm. Yay. That's, That's a really good one. <laughs> I like that. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we will 
we're excited that you were here and excited to share your words with everyone in Columbus. Hopefully they'll all listen because this is the best, this is the best podcast in all of Columbus, Ohio. (laughs) You heard it here first and uh, enjoy your restaurant week guys. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.